Yes, the great Bob Marley, Buffalo Soldier in the Heart of America. As you know, we are doing the Lions-Bills preview this week for week three of the preseason. This is the dress rehearsal. This is where we bring a guest on for the preseason. We're not sure if uh, Matthew Stafford or Josh Allen are actually going to be wearing dresses on the field, but one thing's for sure, Brand, um, our guest is dressed up for success. He is Dr. Super Bowl, and he, also known as Brandon. My team's been to four more Super Bowls than your team has, Fazilari. Welcome to the show, Brandon. <laughs> Man, that's a, that is a long middle name. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately for me, it's the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy Lord, is that true. <laughs> He's been to four straight Super Bowls. In fact, he even asked this question, or somebody did, um, just a few yeah. days ago. Would you rather have been to four straight Super Bowls and yeah. lose early in life rather than go yeah. to a Super Bowl and win it before your life and have never experienced yeah. it? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I picked that question out because I was thinking... Uh, sometimes these Jets and these Chiefs fans are all about this championship, and uh, they weren't even alive for it. <laughs> At least I got to live through my losses. <laughs> and if um, I really do not preview much soccer here on this show, but I've actually compared Juventus, in a way, to the Bills in the 90s. They've, they've made it to two out of three UEFA Champions League finals, only to lose to Barca and Real Madrid, um, respectfully. But it, in a way, it had that feeling watching Juventus in the 90s, or uh, just a couple of years ago. Thankfully, I'm a Manchester United fan, which we haven't had that much success since, but I feel the stories are quite similar. Four straight, but no Lombardi trophies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we came real close that first one, but the last three were... Uh, you know, we were up against some great, great football teams. I always say the 91 Redskins and the 92 Cowboys are two of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, you don't have to remind me about the 91 Redskins because even though I wasn't oh, born yeah. yet, they superiorly defeated Detroit in the conference championship oh, yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, they crushed them. And Detroit was a good team, too, in 91. They went 12-4. and sure. Mike Utley gave the thumbs up sign every sure. every victory, and it 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 seemed to be destined for perhaps a Super Bowl until the superior Joe Gibbs Redskins team destroyed oh. our hopes. Yeah, that was a great team. And that even tells Brandon that even I know just a little bit of history. Now, Brandon, if you haven't listened, I love it. If you haven't listened to the other show we did, in fact, Brandon's show, yeah. as of right now. Back in December is the fifth most or viewed podcast on this network. Of course, the top four right oh now. Yeah, 
the top four right now consecutively, Life and Sports Episode 2 with my old athletic director, Dave Schwartz, the Garber Coaches Show, which just which I just started up, uh, the New Year's Six Preview with one of my um, one of my buddies, Gray Robertson from the SEC, and Championship Sunday oh, yeah. Preview with Meredith Gorman from now formerly the New England Patriots. But yes, Brandon's show is the fifth most viewed show on yeah. the network. And you never know, this could be the number one show. We just need to make sure, just like Buffalo Soldier, that perhaps we make our, our guests do joints while they, we record. <laughs> or they're <Uh-oh>. listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll try. You know, like, uh, I'll, I'll promote the show and stuff. I, I will tell you this. There's one sure. thing that Bu- Buffalo Bills fans can't get enough of, and that's Buffalo Bills hype talk before the season <laughs> <laughs> especially yes and it, of course he's been a bills fan since well longer than i've been alive so he definitely knows the bills yeah. hype and of course the oh, bills yeah. disappointment but but hey <laughs> um crashing through tables is always a plus oh no i gotta be honest with you i've never done it <laughs> oh he's not does this mean he is not a true bills fan dun 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 <laughs> I'm a true Bills fan. I'm just, I'm just not. I would, I would definitely say that I'm not. I am not Bills Mafia. That is, that is true. I am not Bills Mafia. But I, I've been a Bills fan since before most of Bills Mafia was alive. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have another NFL friend on Twitter. He is at Mike Zimmer's ears, who is a Vikings fan, yeah. but sometimes is a part of Bills Mafia. If you've noticed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, people love him, you know. Uh, oh, the yes. Bills fans like him a lot because you know why? Because he can't stand Tom Brady, and anybody who doesn't like Tom Brady, like Bills fans flock to. And I love Tom Brady; he's one of my favorite players in the league. So everybody's always like, "How oh, can you like that guy?" And I'm like, uh, "He's good." Um, I know history, and he's good. Yeah. <laughs> for for yeah. me, it's he went to Michigan, so he's good. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Go blue, yes, go blue, pro blue. So, like we've yeah, said before, Brandon is a historian, and um, yeah. I guess tell us a little bit how it, I may have asked you this back in December, but tell us a little bit how you become uh, fascinated with um, becoming a sports historian. Yeah, I love telling the story though because uh, I turned six years old during uh, the 1981 season, which was a. Uh, the Bills' second straight playoff appearance under Coach Chuck Knox, and they had uh, quarterback Joe Ferguson and running back Joe Cribs and wide receivers Frank Lewis and Jerry Butler, and they had on the corners Charlie Rose and Mario Clark, and at safety they had Steve Freeman and Bill Simpson and Jeff Nixon, and at linebacker they had the great Jim Haslett, and at nose tackle they had Fred Rose. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he knows I, his stuff. I really love that. I loved that Bills team a lot, you know, and my, my mother was really into it. You know, she was a young mom, and she was really into the Bills, and we were talking proud. And then um, we won the wild card game against the Jets in Shea Stadium. Um, we won 31-27 in that game. We led 24 nothing, and the Jets had this great comeback with Richard Todd, but the Bills won it in the end. And then we lost the eventual AFC champions, Cincinnati, 28-21. Wait, really Cincinnati won a playoff game? Wait, Cincinnati actually yeah, won a playoff game. Born, yeah. 
That's that's a that's a shocker. <laughs> I'll tell you some a name that you'll remember from that '81 uh, AFC Champion Bengals team uh, was rookie wide receiver number eighty Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. <laughs> anyway, the '81 playoffs got me really into football. It was the great playoffs that have the the Chargers Dolphins game where Kellen Winslow was amazing, and then it, also Dwight Clark made the great catch for the 49ers against Dallas. So that all happened. In that one playoff season, and I was hooked. I was hooked for life. He was hooked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with that being said, of course, the famous meme yeah. I think of with Chris Collinsworth, like uh, um, it'll it'll be a picture, and it says, "I can hear pictures." What? No, you can't. Now here's a guy. <laughs> Here's a guy. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, if you if you wanna if you wanna follow my history uh, Twitter account, it's at spot underscore bills, and we're finishing up 27 college champions in 27 days next week, and then we're gonna start just taking requests, and I <laughs> I have like over 300 requests right now, and so I'll start I'm starting with like you know, like oldest to newest. And believe it or not, somebody requested for, for me to talk about the 2014 Lions. So that's one, one to look forward to down the road. Yes, definitely. And how they got screwed on a call yeah, yeah. against the Dallas Cowboys. But thankfully the Cowboys were screwed, at least to their, to at least their knowledge, the next, yeah, <laughs> the be, next week. To be fair, though, to be fair... Detroit only got into that position because they lost the season-ending game against Green Bay that would have won the, the division. Oh, I remember that game vividly. The goal yeah. line stand in the first quarter. I was literally screaming, yeah. Yes! Let's go! Let's go! And I know. the rest of the game did not go that way. <laughs> Didn't go well, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I uh, he always does his history stuff, and I always like to pick on him. Because yeah. he always likes to include information that I frankly do not want to see, like Detroit losing in right. a championship, or Ohio State yeah. winning a championship, or Green Bay winning a championship, etc. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I do it to myself, though. You know, I did 54, the 54 greatest playoff games of all time, and number 21 on the list was Super Bowl 25, where my beloved Bills lost to the Giants. So even I have to go through the pain and agony of reliving some of the sports moments that I'd rather not relive. <laughs> of course, one of them being the Music City Miracle. <laughs> oh, God, that was my biggest heartbreak in sports history, if I'm being honest with you. Holy Lord, that broke, that broke, that broke me. <laughs> I'm sure another thing that broke Bills fans was the fact that local fans could not watch a playoff game in, correct me if I'm wrong, 1992. Yeah, that was uh, that was the greatest comeback game. It was not um, it was not uh, viewed. It was not televised locally because we didn't sell out the game. We were kind of spo- a spoiled fan base in the early 90s. So, um, you know, when we when we lost to Houston in the last game of the year. And then had to have the audacity to have to be in the wild card game. People are like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know if I can make it," you know. And then we didn't sell it out, and so like 
Um, I went to the game. I actually attended the game. I was 17. Uh, but a lot of people did miss it live. Uh, but, it, you know, we, you know, to win that game, now it's on YouTube and everything, so you can always watch it. <laughs> Definitely, but I'm glad, at least I'm glad that blackout rule is no more because that, that in a way, it almost doesn't make sense. You have to sell out your stadium so that your fans that can't go can watch the game? Yeah. And you know, it's funny, uh, Tom, because yeah. back then, there were, there were three 80,000-seat stadiums in the NFL. Buffalo, Detroit, and Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so they were the hardest stadiums to sell out with, like, the most broken-hearted fans. <laughs> Yeah, I could I could see why those games would black out easily. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, back in two thousand nine, and then we'll get to our preview. In two thousand nine, the at least the joke with myself was, um, if the Lions won, and it wasn't televised locally, did it actually happen? Because <laughs> both wins were blacked out. If a tree falls, no, it, 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 tree falls you know, in the middle. NFL, oh, yeah. NFL Network was newly on the scene, so I think I think we could have provided you proof. <laughs> if a tree yeah, falls in the middle of the forest and no one's around, <laughs> doesn't make a sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes, Mr. Fazilari is a historian, yeah. and if you don't think he is, yeah. well, you are wrong. <laughs> I had this thing I, I said um, any requests post 1970 I'll accept and of course the first one that comes through is the 66 Atlanta Falcons and I'm like um, I said any requests after 1970 but I'll do it for you because his name uh, his name on the Tumblr was uh, Sad Orioles fan <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for him. <laughs> yeah, the Orioles. People say that the Tigers are the worst team, which they are bad. I think the Orioles yeah. are that much worse, and it's because the Orioles right now are on their A team. Detroit is on their depleted C team. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That's true. I mean, it's interesting that this year's Orioles... Um, might have the worst pitching staff in the history of baseball. But yet, Asher Wojciechowski can toss no-nos against Boston. something if um Ian, if, if Ian Rappaport has Rappaport bombs in NFL. <laughs> now Rappaport's a guy I like. I don't know how you feel about the uh, like if you rank like uh, your inside reporters for uh, Nash, for the National Football League. I would like I would like Rappaport. I think he takes his job real serious. Yes, and I follow Shefty a lot too. Um, Rappaport yeah, and well, Shefty. Yeah, for years. Yes, definitely. And of course, he's a Michigan man. So you know I gotta like Shefty. <laughs> you're, you're partial. 
<laughs> I like to be. <laughs> kind of like Hawk Harrelson, in a way. Half of, so a lot of people love me, a lot of people hate me. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so, Lions Bills, um, if you have not smoked a joint while you listen to this show, and can, well, you probably have by now with this free conversation. So, Lions Bills dress rehearsal. Um, so what are your expectations right now for the first string besides Josh Allen wearing a dress? Well, first of all, um, I, I don't do, I don't smoke marijuana at all. I'll, I'll just put that out there. <laughs> Me neither. Surprisingly. Even, even though, even though it's legal in Las Vegas. I, but, um, yeah, as far as, uh, you know, you know how it is with the, um, third preseason game. Yes. It's probably going to be a half football for the starters, maybe go a, maybe one series in the third quarter. But um, it really depends on how it goes. You know, if they're satisfied with what they see out of Josh and, um, you know, the first string, especially the um, the receiving core, they'll, they'll rip them out early, you know, because there is quite a battle for the Bills on the bottom half of the receivers and the bottom half of the defensive backs. So, if they're happy with what, you know, Cole Beasley and Micah Hyde and people like that do, they'll get them out of there. So you're telling me there's going to be a rap battle on the sidelines with uh, Cole Beasley now with the Bills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're> crazy. <laughs> but yes, Cole Beasley being a Bill means rap is coming to Bills Mafia. So for the Lions... <laughs> For the Lions, um, I will say, if you listened to the Week 2 preseason preview that I did solo, I made a bet with myself. (laughs) The bet was, if Stafford did not play in the second preseason game and he was a healthy scratch, I would eat an order of blazing wings from beat-ups. Well, tells you. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Stafford was a healthy scratch in the second preseason game. Yeah. Which means I have to eat an order of blazing wings on the show. Now I will hold up that promise. I will do it. What's holding me back right now is that I have a yearly physical in two days. I don't want to mess up my numbers eating an order of blazing wings just because I lost a stupid bet with myself. So, I will at least hold off this um, payoff until at least Friday morning. Now, for those interested, I have lost about eight or nine pounds since my last yearly physical, which will be exactly one year ago tomorrow. I had hernia surgery back in October, so I, I look like I've Oh, a better person now than I did last year in my physical. I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> so, believe me, the video will come out where I will eat blazing wings. It will just be held off for by a couple of days for for good reason. Back to the preseason preview. Um, I do expect Stafford to play in this game, and I will not make a stupid bet with myself. <laughs> I did see just today that Frank Reich is holding out Andrew Luck and a lot of the starters from Game 3 of the preseason. 
if Patricia yeah. does this, this probably won't be too much of a surprise. But it's it's always it's good to get some reps in before the season starts. Of course, the goal of preseason is zero injuries, and sadly for Detroit, we lost a what a sleeper fantasy wide receiver in Jermaine Curse to a knee injury. Yeah, that's terrible. And unfortunately, I was there to see it. It was pretty gruesome. Yes, I was at Lions Patriots. It was pretty gruesome. So now, we rely on Amendola, Jones, Galladay, and Powell, and even Tommy Lee Lewis from the Saints to back that up. Um, For Stafford, I do expect a half out of him, and for him to sit the second half as you don't want another injury on this squad. As far as the rest of the guys, they, they have some work to do. The offense is looking a little bit better from game two of the preseason, but if we had everything perfect in the preseason, look what happened to two said teams that went perfect in the preseason. 2008 Lions, 2017 Browns. They are the preseason champs, but certainly not the regular season champs. <laughs> So I expect Stafford to play about a half, and I expect most of the starters to play a half. And what could happen, just like um, our uh, Brandon is saying with McDermott, Patricia could pull back some of the guys before halftime if he likes what he sees. So that's my that's my look at Detroit's first half for the third game of the preseason. Let's go to a national story. <laughs> a national story of a temper tantrum. If you saw the meme, at least from MLB, Jesse Winker bats terribly and throws tantrums. Well, Antonio Brown might catch terribly if he, if he, if he does not report and definitely throws tantrums. What are your thoughts on this helmet, on helmet gate, as we call it? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I have you been watching Hard Knocks because uh, 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 that's my favorite show. You know, um, I've seen bits I and pieces on YouTube. Sadly, where I'm at, my grandparents do not get HBO, and it's a subscription service, which of course would drive uh-huh. Grandpa nuts. So, unfortunately, I really haven't seen much Hard Knocks, but of course, okay. stuff comes out on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love this show. I think Gruden is amazing on this program. He is made for it. Anyway, He's made for it, man. Um, I what I I like what I'm hearing from Coach Gruden. He's like, we fully support Brown on day one of um of the season. Basically, Brown filed the grievance, so this has not been a surprise to the Raiders. Um, they expected this situation. Of course, the media likes to add drama. To anything Antonio Brown does, especially because there's a, there's a lot of Steelers people out there that like to, you know, they're mad at him still, and they they want to say bad things about him, even though he's a tremendously hard worker, a terrific athlete, a tremendous football player, you know. So they have to, you know, get mad at him or whatever. So they make it a story, and I think honestly HBO. Um, is partially to blame as well. And I think the NFL is, is to blame for this being a story. I think they like this being a story 
it boosts ratings, it gets people tweeting, it gets people posting, it gets people talking, it gets people listening. So um, let's yeah, let's make this a story, even though it's really not a story. The guys, the guy's gonna get a helmet, and he's gonna play great football this season. I think um, what I, I I appreciated the most about this uh, Hard Knocks show is uh, when Mayak said uh, Mike Mayak came right out in front of the camera, general manager, and he said, "Look, Brown is either all in or all out." And then Brown was at practice the next day. So. You know, read into it what you will, but I think the, I think the Raiders are supporting him, and I think he's going to be absolutely marvelous this year. Yeah, man, John John Gruden's amazing on Hard Knocks, man. I mean, you got you talk about that you talk about that spider two eye banana, man. It get it gets it gets people talking, man. All right. And if you if you listen exactly. to the Frank Caliendo about uh, John Gruden, yeah. when it, when he met yeah. Gruden. Things started out pretty tough, but I'm telling you, man, just after a few minutes, they started seeing eye to eye, man. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah we, I think they're, they're, they're teasing uh, Mike Glennon, the backup quarterback, because he's got such a super long neck. <laughs> and then uh, and then their third stringer is Nathan Peterman, kind of a guy we're familiar with in Buffalo. Um, I... I, I I'm happy they're giving the kid a shot in camp, but please, uh, Raiders, don't fall in love with him <laughs> unless you want to throw interceptions if Carr gets injured. I'm not sure if I tweeted this video at you. I probably did a long time ago. But YouTube, uh, somebody from some meme department made a video has uh, posting Nathan Peterman as the top quarterback in all of NFL. And raving about him. <laughs> okay. It's interesting because you know, you know, I'm only a few hours from Los Angeles, so I, um, I got to see the Bills in 2017. Um, the Bills played against the Chargers in uh, Carson in Los Angeles, and so um, Peterman got the start because the week before Tyrod uh, was the starter at the time was dreadful in their loss against the Saints. I mean, he was terrible. So they went with Peterman, and in the first half, as you probably remember, he threw five interceptions in the first half. And I happened to, that was my one chance that season to see the Bills play. So last year, in 2018, I was in Buffalo, and I saw the Bears game, and you know, <laughs> Nathan Peterman started that game. So in his four career starts, I've been to two of those. And they got destroyed in both of them. <laughs> and a lot of and and if you like Pepperidge Farm pup pastry turnovers, you went to the right games. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so yes. So my thoughts on the Antonio Brown helmet gate. Um, okay. Somebody tweeted this a couple days ago, and I and I like what I like what it said. So I'll. Repeat it to the best of my knowledge. A.B. in his helmet is like someone trying to open Facebook or Twitter or Instagram with a flip phone. Upgrade the phone if you want to see the Internet. Antonio Brown, upgrade your helmet if you want to play football. 
And I think it was Marcus Spears on ESPN or someone uh, on there was talking about how hilarious this was because a wide receiver, again, a wide receiver, was filing grievances about the helmet. Well, who uses their helmet on most of the plays? The linemen. Not the wide receivers. The linemen. (laughs) And a wide receiver is complaining about the helmet they have to use. Maybe a few brain cells have been lost here, but that's pretty much the grievance. I'm with Mike Mayock. Either you're all in or you're all out. Mike Mayock was basically playing dad to Antonio Brown, and John Gruden's just a cool uncle, man. We support you, man, and we'll have you in every single spider to y banana once you're here, man. But Mike Mayock is basically playing daddy here. You're all in. You're all out. Time's a-wasting. It's week three. Let's go. That's basically my thoughts on this whole scenario. Oh, my God. That's great. I definitely provide humor, (laughs) as Brandon knows. (laughs) So, with Antonio Brown... Uh, he thinks he's supreme wearing the supreme hat. Maybe he, maybe he was another guy that supported Vermin Supreme in 2012. I like free ponies too. But <laughs> moving from that, um, the Buffalo Bills, as Antonio Brown was a part of for less than one day. Yes, you were very disappointed. I know. <laughs> Do the Buffalo Bills? stand a chance in this AFC East with Tom Brady still being a member of it? Oh, that's a tough question. You know, um, do I think they have a chance to be the second best team in the division? Do I think they have a chance at making the playoffs? Yes. Do I think they have a chance at winning the division? It's very unlikely. You know, they don't have the depth that the Patriots have. Obviously, um, they don't have the coaching that the Patriots have. Um, but, you know, a few breaks here and there, you never know. I mean, I, I wouldn't, like, let me put it this way. If the Patriots finish, like, 10-6, and six, then that opens the door for Buffalo. I think what has to happen is the Patriots have to lose some tough games, you know, like close games that they usually win. That's the only way that the door will open. And then Buffalo will have to, you know, have a surprisingly excellent season. So I'm not telling you that it's 100% uh, certain that they're not going to make, you know, win the division. But it's pretty close. It's a, it's, it's, it's a tough ask. Definitely. When Jim Kelly, your beloved quarterback, comes out and says, Tom Brady needs to retire for us to win the division then I'd say you better believe that Tom Brady needs to retire in order for you to win the division. So unfortunately for Bill's Mafia and Bill's Faithful, you'll be smashing through a lot of tables with my opinion on the Bills, and that is they will not win the division. Go ahead, do shots, smash through tables, do what you usually do on Sunday mornings. (laughs) But once again, again, Tom, I will will tell you, I will say this, I think... Um, not to burst your bubble, but I think Buffalo has a better chance in the AFC make, to make the playoffs than Detroit does 
in the NFC to make the playoffs. Here he goes picking at me again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm not, we'll get... I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just <laughs> looking at the big picture, you know. Yes. Uh, if, as for Detroit's uh, perspective, the NFC is has been proven to be the tougher conference to make the playoffs out of in in the yeah. past five years. Detroit has had some not bad teams that just come up short because of the superiority of the conference. I mean, they had, um, if I'm not mistaken, they had a nine and seven team that missed the playoffs just a few, yeah. just a couple of years ago. Yes, that ended up costing Jim Caldwell his job, but still, nine and seven. I would say, two times out of three, make sure the playoffs. Ten and six, two point nine 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 times out of three, that makes you the playoffs. Just, just ask the Browns about that. <laughs> I will say, Tom, I think yes. that um, I, I do think Detroit's going to finish out of Green Bay, though. I, I am going to make that prediction. I think um, other than quarterback, of course, Green Bay's got kind of a second-rate roster. They're not a they're not a very deep football team, and we don't know what to expect out of their defense. We don't know what we're going to get out of, out of their offensive line, other than Adams. Um, even their skilled players aren't as good as Detroit. So I think, you know, Chicago and uh, Minnesota will finish out of Detroit, but I don't think Green Bay will. That's a good prediction, and that keeps you on this show for a little while longer. <laughs> but, yes, um, Aaron Rodgers can't even chug a beer right. Just ask David Bakhtiari and Christian Yelich. <laughs> yeah, 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 but he's man, but what a quarterback, huh? I mean, that guy is just fantastic. That Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he's a bad man. Yeah, don't you dare be disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> that was my partial Stephen A. voice. But anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, Matt Lafleur, new coach in Green Bay. He is actually yeah. he actually coached at the university that I went to school at, as you may remember, Saginaw Valley State University. He may be a yeah, fellow alum. He may be a fellow alum of mine. But because he's in Green Bay, I hope he wins zero games as his first as his as a coach for his first year. <laughs> Simply because he is in Green Bay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but one thing I like, and because it's according to NFL memes, so who knows if it's true. According to Lafleur, he wants the price of beer to fluctuate as loud as the crowd is at Lambeau. If the crowd is really loud, that game price beer prices go down. If it's quiet, they go up. Perhaps he should be nominated as coach of the year before he coaches a game. Just like Twitter fired John Gruden before he coached a game. <laughs> if we remember last season, trading Kalil Mack. <laughs> so, um, Detroit is definitely behind Minnesota and Chicago right now in head coaching and in, in talent and roster. The thing that they lead is the quarterback game. 
besides Green Bay, of course. Rodgers is Rodgers. But Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, comparable record to Matthew Stafford when it comes to teams above 500. Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky, played in the played in the game of the playoffs. Probably should have won it if it weren't for a tipped kick. But Chicago has a similar offense to what Lovey Smith had back in my childhood years, <clears throat> which, as we know, was not very good. <laughs> not saying that Trubisky is terrible. But the Bears' offense needs some work. And Nagy knows this. Um, Nagy brought in Trey Burton, and he brought in a couple of big-name wide receivers to help that void. And, of course, Anthony Miller is a must-draft if you're looking for a flex player in the later rounds of the draft, of the fantasy draft. <laughs> but Detroit... Be careful with them, too. Yes. Detroit right now is... Got an ankle. <laughs> oh yes, don't want um, so don't mess with the ankle. Not like this is not, or, or unless you want to go into misery, and we know what happened to ankles in the movie Misery. <laughs> so yes, be careful with Anthony Miller. So yes, Detroit is right now behind Minnesota, behind Chicago but slightly ahead of Green Bay as they hopefully stay ahead of Green Bay for the rest of time, or at least until I am no longer with this earth. But besides the point, um, <laughs> Detroit is rebuilding. And some people tell me, yeah, they have been since 1957. I know. I know. <laughs> but with somewhat of an offensive line, and carry on Johnson having the first 100-yard rushing game since Reggie Bush. Oh, and carry on Johnson did this against the Patriots of all teams. We have somewhat of a running game. Yes, we have somewhat of a running game. We just need to make sure that all facets of the game, facets of the game, are tightened up at the same time. It's kind of like the game of golf. Your driving's great, your putting sucks. Your driving sucks, your putting's great. That's kind of how the Lions have been the last few seasons. <laughs> One part of the game is great, the other isn't. As we saw to start this season, defense started out with a pick six, literally on the first play of the season. The defense was torn to shreds in the same game. The defense improved all season. The offense regressed. This brought in a change from Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> yes, bro joke, Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> and brought in <laughs> and brought in Daryl Bevel from the Seahawks. Bevel is a running offensive coordinator. But he didn't run the ball on the play when he needed to. Well, in the first game, the very next season, he ran the ball on the play where he needed to. And guess what? Guess what? Marshawn Lynch did not get the first down. So just saying, it's not an entire guarantee that Marshawn Lynch scores that touchdown from the one-yard line. Similar to, it's not an entire guarantee 
that Moises Alou catches the ball in 2003. Say what you want, but Gonzo's error was what screwed them, not Bartman. <laughs> so I went off on a few tangents there, but my that's my view on the Lions right now. They're behind. Gotcha. They're behind, but they're not that far off. Is that kind of how you think of your Bills? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I think, I, I hate to say this again, I, but I think they're a little closer than okay. Detroit, you know? I think they're, I think they're, they're possibly the best defense in the entire AFC. Um, they're maybe the Chargers, but Derwin James is injured um, for, for a long time. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh because their pass rush is really strong. They're gonna they're gonna be much improved. Uh, maybe Cleveland. They've um, they have some nice pieces, especially in the backfield. But mm-hmm. um, but but Buffalo's right there. I mean, every every place you look on Buffalo uh, defensively is excellent. I mean, uh, Milano is a great young player. Hughes is excellent. Um, you know, Lorenzo Alexander seems to get better with age. Their defensive backs are outstanding. Uh, White is awesome. Hyde is awesome. Poyer is a good player, good-looking player, up-and-comer. Um, you know, it depends. It's what we get out of uh, Latulale, what we get out of Edmonds, what we get out of Oliver, and what we get out of Murphy. And, um, I mean, that's, that is a good-looking defense. The question, of course, is offense. What are we going to get out of Allen? We don't know. He's 52% um, passing the ball last year. Is he going to be that much better this year? Um, what are we going to get out of our receivers? Uh, you know, Beasley's known for his excellent hands, but it's very rare when he makes a big play. That's up to John Brown. Is he going to make a big play? Why did Baltimore let him go? Um, what are we going to get out of tight end? What about our offensive line depth? That's been a real problem. Our running game is, you know, we got a couple grandfathers back there and then a rookie. So, um, you know, there's so many question marks on offense. That's why I can't say, well, this team's going to be 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. But based on such an excellent defense, I'm not going to say they're going to be a five- or six-win team either. Definitely. And if, and if Watuole plays like the star that he's named to be, you definitely have a good a good defensive tackle. <laughs> but, yes, it... It's almost Bears-esque, kind of a mini Chicago Bears-esque. You rave about your defense, which, of course, when you have when you have good D, she wants it. Guys will definitely understand this joke. When you have good D, she wants it. Of course, I've probably turned off all the women that are on the show, but you know what? I'm a guy. I'm a bro. I've been around a lot of of chicks, as you've probably seen. But it's for the total bro reason. <laughs> oh, God. But, yes. Uh, Buffalo has a very good defense. The offense, of course, is a big question mark. Um, you have LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore in the backfield. Grandpa, and um, if you're comparing it to my family, Grandpa Green and Grandpa Woods in the backfield. And you have Devin Singletary. <laughs> who is basically yeah. me in the backfield. <laughs> or, well, really, I would be more of a Patrick DeMarco if we were really talking about, um, if we were talking about real, if we were talking real-life comparisons. Because if you've seen, I'm a fairly large gentleman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
at least big enough to where I could knock you down if you if you if you say the wrong thing. At least athletically oh. big. But <laughs> besides the point, uh, the Bills' offense is a question mark, and so is Detroit's. So um, this really won't matter too much, but I always preview what we're going to see from the game. Um, any predictions as far as this game goes? Um, no, just stay healthy, please. No injuries. That's my goal, you know, for both teams. No injuries. So for for every, all 32 teams, let's get let's get out of this week with no injuries. Rest everybody next week, and let's have a fair season. Start uh, you know starting in September. Of course, you know I treat Green Bay like I do Michigan State and Ohio State, but we want to beat them the right way. So yeah, no injuries, definitely. please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a meme that um, I, I have one. I do. I do have one piece of history for you. I don't. Sure. I know this isn't on the subject of the preseason sure. game, but the the uh, Detroit Lions um, since nineteen seventy have had six ten win seasons. So I don't know if you knew that, but I just I just was studying about this last week. In fact, I tweeted it. I posted it. Um, six ten-win seasons since 1970. Do you happen to know uh, anything about those six teams? Is there is there like one of those one or two of those teams? Well, you mentioned 91 and 2014. Do you remember any of the other ones? Um. I imagine they all were before my time because there's only really one year that I can think of. 2011. 2011. Yes, was um, You got it. 10 and 6. Yes, 10 and 6. It was the first time we had made the playoffs really since I had started watching Lions football. And I was hype about that Saints game, which we had a lead to start the fourth quarter. And it's gone. What? It's gone. It's not there anymore. What? Please step aside. Only playoff eligible teams are allowed throughout this point. South Park reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was going to tell you, um, 1970, they were 10 and 4. Okay. Do you remember that? I don't know if you ever read about it or studied about it. But the well, I was, a, I, was a twink, I was a twinkle in the stars of my my parents' eyes back in 1970, but my parents hadn't met yet. So, sadly, I do not remember that year. <laughs> okay. So, 1970, Detroit Lions, and um, this was a team that lost in the divisional round of the playoffs to the eventual NF- NFC champions. Five to nothing. Huh. Was the final, was the final score. <laughs> a safety... And a field goal. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Defense definitely ruled that. that game. Right. Do you know, for, for chance, do you know who the starting quarterback of the Lions would have been in 1970? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. And I am going to... Um, not Bobby Lane. That was before. I know the curse of Bobby Lane. Um, yeah, Bobby Lane's from the 50s. I think he was a defense. The, the guy I'm going to name was probably a defensive back, but the only thing that's coming to my head is Dick LeBeau. <laughs> oh, Dick LeBeau, yeah, but I he was on the team. But do you remember who the starting quarterback was? Um, 1970. 1970. 
Um, so we're talking like Unitas era. That man it might have been even beforehand. Um, geez, uh, that was in the Tarkenton years too, I think. Um, I'm sort of yeah, I'm sort of drawing a blank, honestly. It's okay. He's, his name was Greg Landry. And Greg Landry. He, he played for he played 14 seasons with the uh, Lions and the Colts, and he was a 1971 uh, Pro Bowler. But in 1970, um, at, at the age of 24, he led the Lions to a playoff spot. Which thankfully Matthew Stafford has led the Lions to three playoff spots, but has yet go. to win a game. And any of them. <laughs> but yes, good good history from our yeah, sports yeah. historian. <laughs> yeah, so 19, the 1970 Lions won 10, 10 games. The 91 Lions won 12. 93 and 95, they won 10 games apiece, the Barry Sanders era. And then mm-hmm. in 11, they were 10 and 6. And in 2014, they were 11 and 5. So those are the six nine. So... Things are looking up in Detroit football history, <laughs> as bleak as it may be. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least my prediction, yeah, my prediction, of course, for this game is, um, I kind of do an even more in-depth prediction. Um, Lions defense is going to look a bit, a lot better than they did last week because of the first stringers coming in. But the game really doesn't matter. I think uh, Stafford throws for a touchdown. Allen runs for one. And uh, David Fails has a good second half and propels the Lions to a victory 31-24. Won't matter, but there's a there's a concrete prediction from yours truly. So with that being said, um, let's see. We've, we've done your history stuff. Um Anyone, let's yeah. see, anyone from your plethora of um, people that you tweet that you want to shout out, <laughs> just for just for fun? Any football people you want listening to the show? Oh, um, yeah, let's, of course, my good friend on the Twitter, Julie, uh, who covers the Colts for um, Pro Football Guru, so okay. she's always been a great... She's always been a great support to my work, and then, um, and then uh, I don't know if you know Stephane. She's really good with the uh, Good Morning Football, and uh, and then of course, yeah, of course, Mike Zimmer's ears is really great, and mm-hmm. I love, I love college hoops humor. He has a, he runs a very good page on the internet. He's tweeted yeah. me a few times his memes. He he he's good at what he does. Um, let's, let's see another one that I've noticed likes your work is I think her name's Mare. Um, the Chai. Oh, Mare, she's a yeah. big Bears fan. So definitely be listening to our show and I see a couple of, a couple from NFL Network I'd like to get on the show and this is of course a stretch. Um, Peter Schrager yeah. and Kay Adams. It would be awesome to get them on oh, this show oh, at some Schrager point. Is, yeah, yeah. Peter Schrager and Elliot Harrison are my favorites on, on NFL Network. They're the two. Oh, and Deion Sanders. <laughs> but uh, if you get Deion Sanders on, have me on too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely have to arrange that. And of course, Nate Burleson, then, who follows me. 
and of course almost everybody else but Nate Burleson. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that the 93 Lions, that's the team that lost on a Brett Favre touchdown pass to Sterling Sharp. And the 95 Lions, that's the team that lost 58-37 to to the Eagles. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but those are two teams that... But those are two, two teams historically that I remember from my childhood as a little teenager watching the Lions. Of course, the game that's kind of hurt me the most, and I didn't even watch a lot of it because I knew Detroit was in the playoffs in 2011. Week 17 against Green Bay, where Green Bay basically said, here, Detroit, have a have an 11th win. We're not going to even start Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And yeah. we decide not to take that victory. Because we can't play defense. <laughs> <laughs> what a game. Definitely. So, um, with that being said, anything else? Of course, the famed final question of the show. Anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? Yeah, just I just uh, I think if you follow me at spot underscore bills. If you follow my Twitter account, if you follow my Twitter handle, you're gonna you're gonna learn about football history. So if you enjoy football history, um, you're gonna love it. If you don't like football history, then you probably don't want to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so, short, straight to the point. Pretty much just yeah. like one of my favorite baseball announcers, Steve Stone. Very precise to the points. <laughs> He is Brandon Fazilari. Right, yes, he is Brandon Fazilari. He's been to four more Super Bowls than I have. He is Dr. Super Bowl, not Dr. Ginther, who is my who is my physician who will be looking at me on Friday. But he is Dr. Super Bowl. And this has yeah. been the Tom Green Podcast.